Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sharing the Magic. I'm your host, your ghost host, Barry. And tonight we're going to switch things up a little bit. Tonight we're going to do a little bit with chat GPT. And I hope uh, you'll find it pretty interesting. Um, but before we get into it, we're going to introduce our cast tonight. Uh, we have the goofy dupe himself, Jeff. Jeff. Oh, gosh, the goofy dupe is okay. Yep. Uh, doing all right, Barry. Fantastic. Always great to have you on, Jeff. All right. Next up is our Disney dad, Matt. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, Barry. Excited to be back for the show. We're down in uh, Disney right now, so I'm in the mood to talk some Disney. Great. And the real Lady Divine, Lindsay. Lindsay, how you doing? I'm doing great, Barry. So excited to be on tonight. I have 12 more days till Disney, so Matt, I'm coming right after you. <laughs> great. All right. And uh, joining us tonight are uh, two members of the another podcast that Jeff and I uh, kind of run. So Duck and Dog. Have, Listen to uh, it. Subscribe. Like. Duck and Dog. You heard it, everyone. It, smash the bell. Smash right. it. And, all, right. Um, <laughs> all right. First up, we have Lisa. Lisa, how you doing tonight? Hi, Barry and everyone. Thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, fantastic. And also joining is Michael. Michael, how you doing? Hey, everybody. Excited to be here, Matt. I'm on my way tomorrow. So uh, pull up the couch, and I will be joining you in the room, sir. Thank you. All right. I will see you. <gasps> that's awesome everyone gets to go to disney but poor barry but anyways I typed in uh for the chat gpt to give me a ranking of the top 10 imagineers and uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna go from 10 to 1 and we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh each of them if they should be in the top 10 um if they shouldn't be in the top 10 what um why shouldn't they be and things like that and we'll go from 10 to 1 and see uh see what the the group group thinks about this list so uh starting at number 10 we have xavier intensio wait uh -huh. well, what's our criteria barry we got we got to slow let's slow it down everyone let's not get ahead of ourselves okay what's the criteria how are we judging these wonderful people like what's our so what I'm going to do, it. I'll give you the name, you'll get the name, and I'll tell you uh, what they've done. Um, and then you all will be able to determine if they measure up from what they did, if they uh, deserve to be in the top 10. Yeah, but what if you, okay, so, all right, just, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm slowing it down. Here we go. Humor me. What if we, what if they're profound? They're like, these are people that are, they're just. They're, they're uh, maestros of the Imagineering world, mm -hmm. but, you know, the ride, maybe it's just not one of our favorite rides. How do you give credit where credit is due? Well, you're, you're basically looking at it as saying, okay, who is the main Imagineer, you know, giving credit to per attraction or ride? Uh -huh. And um, from there, so what chat GPT he did was rank them from one to ten according to their accomplishments oh 
Okay, so, so now we're talking. Now we're talking. This is what I'm. This is what right. I want to know. So, unfortunately, there, um, eleven through twenty-five. There's a lot of big names that did not make this Chat GPT top ten. So, um, so knowing that you're getting ten according to Chat GPT, we'll see if you guys agree with the lists or not. So. Okay. All right. Get controversial. Okay. All right. So we're looking so, at contributions then. Right. Right. So I'm I'm going to give you the Imagineer, and I'm going to tell you according to um, ChatGPT what they actually did, um, and then you can say, well, okay, they're good at this position, or they should move up, or they should be out of the top ten. So. So as I said, number ten is X Intensio. He contributed to the creation of classic attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Ooh. He also wrote the lyrics for Grim Grinning Ghost. Move him up. Move him up. I'm all in. Right away. Let's do it. He needs to go th- number one. No. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay lisa All right. i think i think he he co-wrote grim grinning ghosts oh uh and i think he was more actually famous for writing uh yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me which would make me move him up just because my son loves pirates and that song that was probably like the first song he learned to sing so you know i'm not putting him at number one I'm interested to see who else we have on the list, but just kind of like my biased opinion because of my kid, you know, I'll say I, I'd bump him up a couple spots for that one alone. I mean, we're but out I'm of I'm excited the to see strong. who else is on there. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at it based on two popular attractions, right? I'll pick that up there. See, to me, I'm looking at it not on the song itself. It's the fact that the gentleman doing audio animatronics. And then Walt pulls him off and says, hey, I need you to write these lyrics because I don't write songs. He goes, you do now. Wrote songs, wrote part of the script, I believe, for Pirates as well, most of the script. Multifaceted. So for that alone, I agree with Matt, move him up. Yeah, Yeah. like I remember, uh, I think he did like some inner space. I remember inner space going as a little kid to Epcot. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And yeah, you know. It, like that was a good word that you used there, Michael, when you said multifaceted. The fact he did so much, he was kind of like that pinch hitter for Walt, where he could say, "I need you to do this," and he went and did it. And not just like did it, like it wasn't like, "Oh, you know, I can't go write a song for Pirates." He like wrote one of the quintessential park attraction tunes that everybody basically knows. So it wasn't just like, "Oh, I need you to fill in and do it." I, he's like, "Oh, I'll fill in and I'll hit it out of the park." And he did it multiple times. Nice. All right, Lindsay, Lindsay, what do you think? I think you should move him up. But I want to see what everybody else, you know what I mean? Then make my decision off of that. Right. It, it's tough. It's, to do too, it it's too soon. It's the first one, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and for me, it's kind of like, um, you, know, you know, you're getting your DH leading off your baseball game. It's kind of like right. that. You know, a big, big name going and not, um, you know, he's great, but what else do we have on here? Lisa, what do you, what do you think about it? 
I think there are so many more people to, <laughs> yeah, we, we cannot move them up to number one. Lisa's such a contrarian. I love it. I know. <laughs> I'm being... never going with the flow. Sorry. No, nah, no, nah, I love it. Rational. You're like, okay, let's, let's hold back everybody. Well, I, let's I don't, see I don't who's, think any of us... so it's a big list and there's it's a, a lot list. of voices. And a lot of people. I don't think any of us would move them up to number one. I think we have probably our our top three or four in our mind already. But ten, I might give a little more credit. This is why, by the way, I'm so bad at interviewing for jobs. Because I'm just like, first person, that's it. This is the person. Before I know they're embezzling from the company. And I'm just like, what did I do? Oh, no. <laughs> I should have interviewed more people. Oh, I should have known the whole pool before I should decision. Yeah. But, but, but that's the thing. When you're, when you're a people person and, you, and they come in and you get that vibe off them, even before you talk to them, you're like, oh, I like this person. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I have I haven't worked a steady job in four years. I'm like, and you're like, oh crap! <laughs> you're like, but they're like, I haven't what what you know, I haven't worked this right. job, and then I'm like, you're hired because you don't play by the system, and we need that here. And then for you know, they're embezzling from the company, so you yeah, know, it's, you, don't, it's, you don't play by the rules. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So number nine, we have Mark Davis. He's known for his work on um, animatronics and character designs for attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. What do y'all think? I'd still put him below X. You would? But pirates, come on. Pi yo, ho, yo. You know, with the smell of bromine, you know, you're in there. You're in the pirate's ride. You hear that music like that. You don't think that that person gets elevated to glory in number one spot? That's hard to beat for me. Well, but I would I put him up. I'd put X above. I guess if we're going ranking up, I might move Mark down to ten and move X to nine. All right. Well, now, now, well, now they both ended up doing both pirates and haunted. Are you going X higher because he wrote music? Yeah, Anyone that wrote yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, like he deserves not only to be number one on our list, that man deserves a Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> in my humble opinion. I mean, he's you know, Mark did a lot. You can't, we're not saying that he's not better than anybody else, I don't think. It's more, Ooh. we're. we're we are kind of, I guess. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think, are, are I you think I think any of the ten that we're gonna name all deserve a place as, as one of the top ten Imagineers? You know, Mark was more famous for his his character designs than I think something like the tunes. And and I think most people, when they think of okay, you know, X is doing Yo Ho, he's doing Haunted Mansion, something that like is known everywhere and everyone knows the work and then you have someone like mark who while people in the it, right he did a lot of the the animal drawings for bambi and like i think yeah he's like the guy that people looked at at that time to kind of emulate how you draw an animal like he was yeah. that good at it right 
But moving forward past that, like, I don't know if my son's ever seen Bambi. But he definitely knows Yo-Ho. Yeah. So I think it's, it just it maybe reaches a wider audience for what X did. And again, the fact that, you know, Michael brought it up. X was that multifaceted, plug him in and do something to fix the problem for Walt. I think that's a key point of his ability. You guys are so smart. And I, just to interject a little bit, he did, you know, characters in Jungle Cruise, um, Enchanted Tiki Room, a lot of the Carousel of Progress, Small World, Pirates, Haunted Mansion, Country Bear Jimmery, like lots and lots of things. So his fingerprints, his characters are in lots of things. Not only the, you know, like Snow White, for example, from Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, like not only that animation piece, but the characters that are within the rides. So that's a that. that brings up to springboard off that. I think this is a this is the question. What is more important? Is it the music? Yo ho yo, or is it what captures you all more in the ride? Is it the music or is it the character design? I I, I think there's a catch twenty two on here because I I kind of separate the music from the ride because the music I can hear anytime I want. Yeah. When I'm on the ride, I want I want to be able to see uh, the animatronics, or I want to be able to see things come to life, or I want to see Jack Sparrow, I want to see you know Haunted Mansion, I want to see uh, uh, Madame Leota, things like that. I I, I think well, Barry, imagine imagine going through that graveyard scene and it's just silent and you're just looking at the animatronics, or imagine going through the whole second half of Pirates. And there's no song. No. It's just them running around in circles. I'd be like, okay, that's a pop. Like, what did he, re- not what but, did he really create, but right when right. you look, when you look at, at Tiki Room, right? <laughs> he made, he made a bird, right? He took something that existed in life and he made, <laughs> the talk. he made a, and I'm not, I could never build that. I could never draw that. I could never do that. I just feel like the song. Yeah. But, but Matt, are you, Going on Uh-oh. the ride because of the song? So, no, no, wait. So, I just drove a wedge intentionally between, I did this on purpose to spice things up, between the auditory people and the visual people. So, now, now, here's another question. Let's, let's bring it, let's connect the dots. Let's, I'm a bridge and builder. Those two. I'll yeah. divide, but I'll, yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Oh, no, you've got the olfactory, you've got the, the you know so you've got that smell of the ride you've got the all of the senses the the um moving down you know the the motion of the rides like you so there's way more than just the vision and auditory yeah so here's the here's the question can you can you pull these things apart don't they all belong together and then why are we basing I'm, i'm like in the court of law then why my dear friends why are we basing, therefore, our judgment upon these <laughs> human beings? I think if it wasn't based upon, I, go ahead. Yeah, I think if it wasn't pirates and it wasn't haunted mansion, which are these huge things. Yeah. If it was another ride that has music but isn't as you know, I guess like a, a quintessential part of the Disney experience. Yeah. I would have a different opinion. But because of the caliber of the songs, and it's not just the songs, we're acting like the only thing X did was write those was write songs, yeah. right? Like Mike said, X did character design, he right. did animatronics, he did everything. 
Right. While Mark, while he's a huge part of Imagineering and, you know, is was probably better than X in one of those categories, right? Yeah. Designing animals. I don't think he was as diversified as X was. So then maybe, maybe the criteria in which we should judge would be something like, well, it doesn't really quite matter, despite Barry's love with, you know, AI. Just kidding, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I love AI. <laughs> but maybe, maybe- you, I have a feeling that whatever 10 people he names could have been in any order. Yeah. Maybe except for those top three. Yeah. We could have been in any order and we would have been like, yeah, he could go up, he could go down. Like, right. It's, I think they're all gonna, it, this is gonna be tough. It's tough because it's like, what is yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, without, without the, the wonderful design and the experience of the smells and going to Lisa's right. point is like, you can't just tease all these things out and say, hey, the song is better than the experience or the sm- it, it's smell, it's, it's feel, it's, you know, there, there's such a, kinesthetic sort of holistic kinesthetic whatever experience of these rides it's so barry's shaking his head he's like he's going in jeff lindsay, mode lindsay, lindsay what do you <laughs> okay. think lindsay, uh, yeah. we, we haven't heard that. from lindsay yes go let's go let lindsay pop in here um <clears throat> so i i would put um mark above x just because he had the um frame core animators at Disney animated films and he was revived of his knowledge and understanding of the visual aesthetics so for me when I go on those rides I personally I mean I love the songs but I look at the anim you know I look at all the visual stuff I'm very well into that than the songs unfortunately and I will say you know having a very dear friend as an Imagineer they put in like the movement in all of the pieces, like the reason that you, you know, you see the fire and the flame in the, in the windows in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And if you aren't looking for all those little things, you would completely miss them if they weren't not there. I don't know if that made sense, but like there's so many factors that they put in there. Um, It's just, it's pretty amazing. I think that's why they say, you know, you go on these things multiple times because you're always going to spot something you didn't see. Hey, did they just add that? No, it's probably been there for the past 50 years. Just didn't catch it the first time. So, yeah, and and I agree, Matt. You know, I wasn't I wasn't jumping on you about the music against. uh, I, 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 I think I think the music puts a nice little bow on 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 the attraction itself, because when you go, um even 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 the queues when you're you're in the queue for either haunted mansion or pirates there's totally different music than what's on the the attraction itself um you know i i've listened and i'm ashamed to say this but i've listened to the hour-long uh um pirates of the caribbean uh area loop for the um for the for the queue and you know it's the same thing over and over again but i'm kind of like uh mesmerized by it so i'm kind of like just sitting there and people are telling me go to work and i'm too busy listening to because you want to be a pirate admit it admit it barry i i'm sorry i I, (laughs) every morning i say nope still don't look like jack okay (laughs) all right so we're gonna jump up to number eight 
All right, number eight is Harriet Burns. She's the first female Imagineer. She contributed to Disneyland's early projects and worked on iconic attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean. So what say you? Number one. Everyone can't be number one, Jeff. Okay, if I'm trying... Can we just give? Can we just all agree to give everybody participation trophies at the end of the, at the end of this discussion? Sure. We'll just, you know, I don't want to leave anyone out. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> you are gonna be so inclusive. So, uh, so Michael, what, what do you what do you think about Harriet Burns? Tough one. You know, I don't think she. You know, there, there's always something to be said for being the first something, but I don't know if you get that participation trophy because you were the very first female imagining. So to take that, you know, it, that, that's not her contribution. That's just who got hired first. So I don't think you can put that as part of her contribution to Imagineer. Uh, as far as her contributions to the rides, you know, we, again, these are all team efforts. So what was her contribution to the to the ride costuming we got to look at, again individual contributions and what they were able to do lisa what do you think about it well i think it's you know looking back at her history um just thinking of the things in in the glass ceilings that she had to break through i'm very thankful for her but she did have some, you know, a lot of these Imagineers that we've already talked about have uh, significant ties to those early day rides and attractions like Sleeping Beauty Castle, New Orleans Square, Haunted Mansion, and more. Like she's really got a lot of her fingerprints throughout. Um, I find it interesting that she's number eight. I, I just chat or chat beats uh, pt uh, you know what i'm saying the ai um right. <laughs> list is very interesting to me i don't know how they picked based on contributions or based on the footprint that they left um but yeah she's i mean she's definitely a um trailblazer that's what i'll say yeah that should get some points trailblazing points and it's got to be hard that had to be that that could not have been easy world for her to break into in that time and space. I always, I always imagine her as a history teacher. I imagine her as uh, Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, because you she was known for like being on the floor in the welding shop, like working with the guys, but n still not Rosie the Riveter because she was also famous for like being the best dressed on the floor. So she would wear the color coordinated outfits and the high heels. But then she was like, but then I'll pull my work gloves on and I'll be doing this stuff right there with all the guys. So I just like that aspect. Like Mike said, you know, did she, was she more part of like the team effort as opposed to somebody who solely did something on her own? Yeah. You know, maybe in the beginning of her career, I know she had a, a big uh, like footprint on a lot of the designs of things like Sleeping Beauty's Castle and, and especially when it came to color, right? I know uh, Walt liked going to her for that inspiration. So I think she did a lot. Again, we got to see who else is on the list, but I, I do, I just like that Rosie the Riveter image of her, but if she was in a, yeah. <laughs> like a nice dress with the work gloves on. So she was, so tell, so color, 
Shoot, I'm I'm big I'm I'm big on color as as an artist myself, so sort of an artist myself. But but so she what was she was just profound at picking the right color coordinations. What is that? What it was, Matt? Yeah, so she did a lot of like storyboard work, mm-hmm. and a lot of the color that would be that she would use ended up actually kind of like being what they used because she just captured it the right way on her storyboard work. I would love to see a movie about her. That would be a movie. I'd be like, okay, Disney plus, why don't you make this movie, make her where she's like, you know, she dresses to the nines. She comes in and she gets blow torch and just starts going to work. Like I wouldn't hate that. Like, and that would, had the, that's an honest had the story. imagineering that's story. Yeah. I would yeah. love like a, like a scripted, uh, Docu docu series type thing where yeah, they had characters well, playing even, them yeah, and that's even like that. better. All that's like all better. Imagineers, they did like a scripted Imagineering story. It all these right. people would be pretty cool. Dang, okay, that would be cool. I'd watch that. All right, Lindsay, what do you think? So for me, I'm like a huge fan of the Tiki Room, which I know some people that's not their, you know, best attraction to go Who? to. I want names, no. Michael. <laughs> So um, she did a lot of figure um, finishing, which involves applying paint. And she did a lot of other things for Disneyland. But she was very particular in applying individual feathers to the animatronic birds at the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, um, which she would go and she would put them in. And when they breathe, when they breathe out, it would be fine. But when they scrunched and came back in, she said it looked like mites. So she was very particular about that. And I just, when you sit into the Tiki room and you look at all the birds and everything, you kind of put like two and two together. You're like something you would never think of. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Lindsay, would, Lindsay I'm going to play devil's advocate. Would you sit in the Tiki room if there was no song? Yeah. I would. I love you the Tiki would? room. I love the Tiki oh, room. Oh, man. I, I, mean, I hate that was, just How could just you not like the Tiki of the room? Words with no song? Yeah, why not? Clicking and it just burns. oh no that'd be creepy. Let's all click like the birdies click. No, there's tweet, no tweet, song. Tweet. Just it, it doesn't matter. There's AC in that room. I will sit. In. Right. <laughs> that was Barry. That Barry was for a the different win. episode. That was a different episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Back to you, Barry. So number seven. Um, we're actually going to have his son on sharing the magic coming up in october uh raleigh crump um he's known for his imaginative designs for attractions such as it's a small world and everyone's favorite the haunted mansion and we'll start with lisa lisa what about raleigh crump when can you come back to me (laughs) sure let's start with Michael, Michael, what do you think about Raleigh Crump? The Raleigh, uh, definitely a genius. Um, okay. You know, it, it, see, I'm Museum of the Weird, interesting idea. You know, they took some of it to put towards the Haunted Mansion. I think he went a little overboard in some of his ideas. So he was one of those guys where I think Walt and the Imagineers needed to reel in a little bit, took his ideas, didn't allow him to run with the Museum of the Weird. Um but I mean, for what he was able to contribute, you know, and, and that Tower of the Four Winds, I know is a big, uh, big All thing right. at the World's Fair. I stare at it. I don't get it. I move on. 
Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, but he, he was, you know, a, a brilliant man, you know, and a lot of his his concepts, you know, just looking through his book and, and all what, what he was able to create. So creative mind, he was a really, really bright guy. So did he design the the ride itself? Because I'm, I'm the small world just fascinates me. He's more famous for that tower yeah, at the World's Fair, the, the oh, Tower okay. of the Four Winds. <laughs> and then he did like the clock, like uh, when it, oh, when it yeah, went back iconic. to the park. Yeah, but I don't oh, think he really did cool. the um like the he, actual ride. Concept. Yeah, he didn't decide the ride. Okay, he did. Okay. Right. Yeah, he did the um like the, the the attention grabber for the World's Fair, which was that tower. That's like that right. famous picture where you see him and Walt, and then there's like that yeah this, that thing in the middle. That's the tower, right. which I don't think is even out in Disneyland. I don't I don't know if that tower is out there, but the the okay. clock is probably the the marquee is what well, he did. Brilliant designer. Not, I don't think it was the story, man. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. Thank you all. All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean, he was, I think he was like a, a really good team leader. He liked to let people kind of, he worked really well with people. He was able to push them and other Imagineers to get the best out of them. And he would let them kind of run with the ball. He, I know he also like he left the company a lot and he came back and he would go back and forth um, to like do his own stuff or work for other companies and then return to Walt Disneyland. I know he did uh, a lot in Epcot. He did the like the land pavilion and then he even one of the times he came back it was to redo the land pavilion. So I like that he seemed to always want to. He was always drawn back to Disney. I don't, I don't know if I would put him above some of the other people we've talked about um, already just because he did really like to have other people involved and, and things like that. I, I don't know. I would, I would move some other people above him, I think. I think it's a great point, Matt, because I don't think enough people give the guy credit for his contributions to Epcot because they think he, his work stopped in the 70s, you know, right. in the 50s after, you know, uh, Disneyland, and that was it. But, I mean, he, he contributed a lot toward Epcot which I think people tend to forget. So that alone, if we're going based on contributions, yeah, Solo contributed to the Imagineering. Yeah, he did The Land, he did um, Wonders of Life. He, he was in, pretty involved in Epcot. And again, they, they, they brought him, I guess they brought him back. They let him come back in like the early 90s when they redid it. And he was the guy who redid it as well, so. He also had a lot to do with uh, Mr. Toad. I believe he was the one that came up with the two tracks and insisting that bolt tracks ended in hell. You know, he thought it was a clever idea and he was the one that came up with all the twists and turns and all the different scenarios. So yeah, maybe move him up higher too. Let's see who else we have on the list. All right, Lisa. Okay. I have always, some of the things I've heard about um, Raleigh Crump came from, I believe either his biography or autobiography. And I always felt like he was a, a leader and a team player because I hear a lot of him working with other Imagineers, such as Tony Baxter, such as, I mean, like there, he worked co, you know, coincided, worked very well, very big team player, but he had a lot of great ideas. And and he really flourished within the Walt Disney Company. So that's what I have to say. <laughs> I, I think I think he belongs in the top ten. I, I 
me personally, I think lowered down. I, I, I wouldn't feel bad if he was ten or nine. Yeah. Uh, seeing the contributions of the other ones we've mentioned, but uh, number six is kind of uh, interesting for um, for the the recent Imagineering. Uh, we have Joe Rohde, and he's renowned for his work on Disney's Animal Kingdom and the creation of attractions like Expedition Everest and Pandora, the world of Avatar. So I will start with Matt. Matt, what do you think about uh, Joe Rohde? So I really like that they added, uh, you know, a modern Imagineer because I feel like when we do these types of lists and we talk about Imagineers, we have like that sentimental, um, like in <laughs> this, this gear in our head to go back to Walt's time when everything was first being, like the original Disney was being created. Uh, and I liked that they added the modern touch. And I, you know, I personally like Joe. I, I like the stuff that he did. I like, you know, he seems kind of like an, uh, eccentric, you know, with the earring and all that stuff. <laughs> I always compared him to, um, like if Disney was going to hire an Indiana Jones to go do something for him, like that, that's what he did. He went all over the place to, to gain the inspiration. I, I, I personally enjoy Animal Kingdom. Um, I'm not a big fan of zoos, and I don't feel like I'm in a zoo when I'm in Animal Kingdom just because of everything that, that you get to, to see and experience. I feel like it's one of the most immersive parks that we have. Uh, so I like it. I think what yeah. they should do uh, I, is I just... I kind of like him in the middle there where he's at. You know, I don't know if I would put him above, you know, those those older ones that did a lot of stuff to begin everything. But I think some credit's due for the more modern guys, too. Matt, here's a question. If they just released a bunch of live alligators in the middle of, you know, not animatronic, would you have that a little bit more of that zoo experience? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they have... You know, they have Nile crocodiles on the on the <laughs> safari and stuff. Oh, so we, we, no, we I mean real ones. No, they have real. They have real in Animal Kingdom. No, they, they do. have real Nile crocodiles. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the Kilimanjaro safari dangerous. is a huge. That's like the the big zoo part. Is the oh, Kilimanjaro safari. We did um the wild Africa trek experience a couple yeah. years ago. It was a, the coolest thing I ever did, where you get to actually walk through it and stuff, and. Yeah, that was that was pretty so awesome. So the but safari have, thing has real animals. Yeah, it, that that was so right. Yes. Walt wanted Walt wanted real animals on the Jungle Cruise. Right, that was like his his dream. And they were like, you can't you can't do that. You can't have like the boat going through and then right there, it's a real rhino like poking somebody. Like it's that's not gonna work. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, let's kind of give Walt his due and he wanted live animals in the park he loved nature so this is the park for that and yeah they have they've got they have everything from silverback gorillas to now crocodiles flamingos they have you could go over to the um what affection section or whatever where you could yeah. pet like african goats and stuff it's tons of animals over there well i stand corrected everybody i'm sorry you know i've never been so all right good to know all right, um, so let's jump over to Lindsay. Lindsay, what do you think oh, about Joe Rohde? 
So I actually love Joe Rohde. Um, so he joined the Disney Imagine Imagineering in 1980 during the development of Epcot, which everybody knows I love Epcot, and as the model designer and the scenic painter for the theme park's Mexico Pavilion, um, he later worked on the design to refurbish um, the Fantasyland at Disneyland of Captain EO 3D film attraction, um, which not many people know about that, which it was based off Michael Jackson and the Norway Pavilion of Epcot, the Adventures Club in the 1930s theme bar lounge and opened in 1989 with the Pleasure Island Entertainment District at Walt Disney World Resort. <laughs> also, um, with that, he is one of the lead designers behind the Disney Vacation Club property, Alani, um, which not many people know about. He is a native from Hawaii, um, which if you research him up, he's a pretty interesting guy. So he would be, he, excuse me, he would be my top number one choice for this list so far. I could not oh. agree with you more, Lindsay. <laughs> You had me at everyone to be Captain. number one. No, this one is my number one. Screw everybody else. Until this the next my, one, Jeff. This, no, <laughs> this is Captain Oh, no, no, this one. No, this no, one. it's Captain EO. Captain yeah. EO. I remember being, oh my goodness, 1990, four-year-old little Jeff going to Disneyland for the first time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this experience is going to be like. Hit the Tiki Room. Pretty good. Not too bad enjoyed myself and then it was like oh let's sit here in this air-conditioned built i'm like ah oh, really okay this is like a movie i want to ride rides i don't want to sit there and watch a movie <clears throat> captain eo comes on and i thought this music is killer and i've never forgot it i for that day since i was like four years old that music has haunted me and i that's some of my favorite i could i could recall right now like all the songs from Captain EO, Michael Jackson, he's kind of on, he's like, he's like a Captain Picard, you know, he's going, he's going out in space, doing his Michael Jackson thing, singing cool songs. But then they run into some like aliens that want to, I don't know, take over the world or something, but only the power of music and Michael Jackson do Michael Jackson things can save the world or something. I don't know. I don't remember that part. But the music was awesome. Everyone, go on YouTube, watch Captain EO soundtrack. You won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. You'll you'll have a great time. Watch they actually on YouTube they have the full. You can actually watch the full thing too. You won't be sorry. So Lindsay, I agree. That's it. I I might yeah. as well just check out. Number one, boom. Number one, I agree. Change my mind, everyone. It, it's not Joe Rohde's son who's going to be on your show in October. It's Rolly Crump's son who's going to be on October. So Rolly is definitely <laughs> your number one guy, right? Oh shoot! Dang it! Okay. All right, Lisa. What do you That's think? It. What do you think about Joe? Well, being that probably my favorite not Magic Kingdom Park is Animal Kingdom. I. He's definitely one of my favorite Imagineers. Um, one of my, I love Animal Kingdom. Love everything about it. Love the way it makes you feel. Love Pandora. I may or may not have ridden um, Expedition Everest 14 times in a row. Maybe, maybe not. And I, even though Disco Yeti 
you know, has never been fixed. You know, I don't even care. It's it's totally fine. If hopefully you all have, have met <laughs> Disco Yeti, um, you know, since since the animatronic broke after, you know, they'd already built the building, you know, they still haven't figured out how to fix it. So who knows? Maybe it'll just magically correct itself. But yeah, I, I love Joe Rody, um, love the creativity. And there's really not a lot else that I have to add, you know, that anybody else, you know, hasn't already talked about. Um, so that that's all I have to add. All right. Michael, what do you think? Seeing a brilliant man. Love to meet him. Haven't had a chance to run into him in the parks yet. I'm hoping to someday. What I admire most about him is that he somehow conned Disney Imagineering into giving him so much money to lead that team to go over to Asia and, 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 and figure out what they had to build and all those treks and trips. I mean, you know, at this point, you can just look that stuff up online. I don't know if you need to go there and experience it in person to build something that the average guest is going to walk past. I admire him for doing it and for talking them into allowing him to do all those trips. Um, I, I think the park came out great, but could we have done that on a smaller budget? Absolutely. Well, Disney, Disney stands for big budget. If you look it up in the dictionary, that's what it says. Wow. All right. So number five, we had Mary Blair, a talented artist and imagineer. Her distinctive style influenced attractions like It's a Small World and The, the Enchanted Tiki Room. So we'll start with Michael. What do you think about uh, Mary Blair being on this list? Not a fan of either of the two rides. I mean, the beginning of Small World is great. By the time you get to the end of that ride, I'm just looking at that giant line of boats holding me up from getting off. Um, and I've done the Tiki Room once, and I'm nine years old. Uh, I mean, her contribution to that mural in the contemporary, fantastic. I think she's up a little too high on the list. But I mean, as far as an eye for detail and for color and understanding the color scheme, especially for that mural, spot on. All right, Lisa. I, it's funny. I was going to talk about that mural because that's, that's how a lot of the things, you know, like once you start studying the different Imagineers, you kind of see their style. And even though um, everything's done the quote unquote Disney way, you can still see little pieces of their influence on some of their, some of their artwork and some of the things that they put in. Um, but I do know, you know, she did, she was known for a lot of her concept art too. So, you know, even if she did not, um, follow through on all of the like attractions and, and things that she had set up, a lot of her artist renditions were the blueprint that they used to make them so she's she's pretty high up there in my book um but again you know she's another trailblazer so i i am a fan all right Lindsay, what do you think um so mary blair um basically i think of her i think of the contemporary um just like everybody else stated however um she was very into 2D paintings and bringing them to life. And a lot of people were confused on her unique of use of coloring as well. 
So that is pretty like neat how she wanted to do the 2D paintings. However, some of her colleagues didn't really understand it. So I would put her more down at the bottom of the list, unfortunately. So that's my stance on her. All right, Matt. Yeah, you know, um, she worked a lot with some of the other Imagineers that we we've talked about, like uh, like like Mark Davis and Raleigh Crump. Uh, kind of like Harriet and and color, like everybody else mentioned, she was really known for exciting ways and different ways of using color. She kind of brought that that modern art flair to the animation styles of Disney, which maybe weren't there at that point. But other than It's a Small World and the beautiful, right? I'm not putting her work down in any way, but th that mosaic in the contemporary, I, I honestly would almost switch her and Harriet. Like if we're looking at the two women that we've discussed so far, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's weird to say because I feel like everybody knows Mary Blair's name, right? Everyone knows her as an Imagineer. And it's really because of those two things. When you have another person like Harriet, who was the first, who led the way for Mary Blair to really get into that role. And who is at the same time, the one who was like rolling up her sleeves next to the guys and doing everything and was involved in so many aspects and how she even like kind of rose through the ranks at Disney. She didn't just like kind of come in she she did everything to move up and and be one of those imagineers and i'm not saying mary blair didn't work hard and do everything she could but i i would probably switch them i agree i think mary might be a little higher on the list than not that she should be but then she is because of who else we're talking about all right so number four we have john hench he was a key figure in the early days of Imagineering. He contributed to Disneyland's design and played a crucial role in Epcot's development. All right, Michael, uh, what do you think about uh, John being number four? Uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, John was more most known for his contributions to Disneyland. But I mean, he was one of those brilliant minds that could understand how you take show and color and character and design and how they all blend together into design you know he was the design guy he was the this is how it can look this is how it should look and oh if we're going to make it look like this it should also function this way and there needs to be some story behind it so he's taking those four elements and and combining it into what worked in the theme park show story character and character color all right uh lisa what do you think about John being number four? Say these top ones are hard because I think like he's one of those fellows that you see in a lot of the pictures for um, when, when they are building Disneyland and um, he, you know, he did have a lot of contributions throughout the whole park um, at its opening, quite honestly. So he was, but he also you know, had those roots in Disney imagination. So, you know, early movies like Fantasia, 
um, three caballeros early, like I said, early, early movies. Um, so I would say he had a lot of influence and lots of fingerprints throughout the park, but he was in that mastermind group of folks that we keep, we keep hitting. Um, so I'm just anxious to see who's at the top of this list. I still don't want to move anybody up or down, but I, I think there are still some folks that we haven't talked about. All right. Um, let's jump over to Matt. Matt, what do you think about, uh, John, uh, being number four on this list? Uh, so number four, he was involved in like the, the grand scheme of things, I'll say, right? He was one of the, the trusted advisors with Walt. He was essential into not just like the parks, but kind of every aspect of his company. He, he was also one of the guys that kind of did a lot of different things throughout the company. He won an Oscar for the special effects on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which I love that that movie he was the like the fit resident he was like the official artist for mickey mouse for a while too right like he was the guy that drew mickey so he had his career kind of touched everything and he just had such like an important impact on everything that i think he's it's right for him to be up this high on the list all right Lindsay. What do you say? So basically spinning off of what Matt stated, um, he was uh, the official portrait artist for Mickey Mouse, the painting for the company's portraits, which was Mickey's 25th, 50th, 70th, 75th birthdays. Um, also, Hench was often mistaken as Walt Disney, therefore the theme park guests would also ask him for his autographs and photo which was pretty cool. Um, he would be more on the top of my list, John Hench, so. Yeah, I, I think any any of these uh, these guys who work closely with um, with Walt Disney, I, I kinda, I don't know if anybody remembers the movie 12 Angry Men. Like I could just imagine all these people just sitting around with Walt and it's disgusting, you know, back and forth and, you know, someone get mad at somebody and Walt's like, no, no, we're doing it this way, and everyone's like, you know, I, I, I just think it, it it's kind of neat how uh, some of these, some of these are lining up, which um, we have another kind of current one uh, at number three, and that will be Tony Baxter. Um, he's known for his work on iconic attractions like Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and Indiana Jones Adventure. So we'll start with Matt. Matt, what do you think about uh, Tony Baxter and him being number three? So I really like, Tony is like, I want to say one of the first people we're talking about that wasn't with Walt at the beginning, but he's like one of the first big names who got to say he was inspired by Walt and by Disneyland because of the time that he was growing up. He, he got to experience Disney and Disneyland as a fan first. And that really made him like 
want to be part of the company, right? He was like, uh, I think he worked in one of the ice cream stores, like his first job, like he wanted to get into Disneyland somehow. And I love those types of stories because I feel like, you know, some of the people who are with Walt to begin with, they definitely believed in what he was doing, but it's, it was maybe more of like a job and they believed in the job. This was, he, he had the love of the product first and that made him want to work for them and be a part of bringing it further. He, he's another guy that touched a lot of different things, right? He was looking at some of those classic attractions and, and updating things. He did a lot of different stuff in Epcot. I know he worked on like the Seas Pavilion and things like that. So again, to have somebody who has maybe a little bit of a different experience growing up with Disney and that in influencing him and then what he did for the company, I personally like that. There's maybe a few people who I might bump up right above him a little bit because uh, he's pretty high. Would you say he was number four on, on chat GPT's list? Uh, number three. Number three, yeah. So top three, you know, maybe I'd put him down around that maybe four or five mark, but yeah, I, you know, I can't say, again, I can't say anything bad about really any of these people we're naming. All right, Lindsay, what, what do you think? Um, So for... For Tony, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put him more at the top of my list. I'd put him down a little bit. However, like, you know, Splash Mountain, he he did, which was fun. I love Splash Mountain. I'm going to greatly miss it. But he also did Indiana Jones, <laughs> which he revealed on March 4th, 1995, and he worked on over 400 Imagineers and Baxter was one of the main supervisors of the project and led his own team of 100. And they were all responsible for designing the half mile long track that was built over the previous Eeyore parking lot, as well as the different concepts of each room for the ride. So, I mean, you know, he's up there, but I wouldn't really put him to spot number three. I do, just a job, I do really like his relationship with Lucas. George Lucas, because he also did Star Tours. So he worked with George Lucas on both of those. I, I love, I've never been to Disneyland. Um, I, I really want to go on the Indiana Jones ride because it's, I heard it's awesome. Uh, but I, Star Tours before we had Galaxy's Edge was like my favorite because I love Star Wars. So that gives him a little bonus. Disney, the, the Indiana Jones ride is wonderful. It's just this. You're being serious, right? You're not, no, 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 it is. It no, it's like really good. Like, no. Okay. No, I, no. I was like, you just ruined, you just ruined my like hopes here, Jeff. You're, it sounded no. like you're being a little sarcastic. I'm just screwed. It's right. It, it's no. a much better version of dinosaurs. I've never been more serious in my life. No, it is. I don't. Very good. I don't mind dinosaurs. So you're saying it's a much no. better version than dinosaurs, yeah. it's, and it's For indie. Sure. I'll, I'll take I it. You'll, you'll like it. Jones, right? I love it. I love it. I love it. So. That's just my. All right, good. You made me feel better. No, it is. It's it's good. So, um, b before we move on, we just wanted to say, if you want to hear some good stories about Tony Baxter, you can listen to our previous uh, recording when we had Imagineer Tom Nabby on, and he was talking about uh, working with uh, Tony Baxter. So, Lisa, uh, what do you what do you think about Tony? So I always found, and he's 
literally within just a few days of, of the age of my father. So I've always had a special little place in my heart for him, but you know, besides that, um, I think he's very unique. Um, you know, that modern, you know, he bridges that gap between the, the, uh, the OG Imagineers and the modern day Imagineers. He's worked not only in our parks here, but also Tokyo Disney Sea, you know, one of the, the best parks in the entire world. Uh, no, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but um, also, you know, he worked on, um, well, even the same, you know, same ride, the Star Tours. And I know that Matt just brought that up, but I, you know, he, he's got a lot of iconic rides. He definitely belongs on that top 10 list in my, in my opinion. And he has worked with the best of the best. Like a lot of these folks that we've talked about the last several, um, he's, he's been able to work with them. So lots of good things to say about him. Yeah, I would agree. He, he's probably the, the best uh, bridge between the old and new. Um, Michael, what, what, what do you think about it? Yes, and I like what Matt said, because you've got a gentleman here who, you know, everybody who worked on Disneyland had never been to a Disneyland before. You know, they were just starting from scratch and they were trying to find their way. Here's a guy who had attended, who had been to theme parks, was a fan, and now he could help contribute to make the parks better. This is a guy who was not only mentored, but also served as a mentor. You know, I, I think he had a lot of different roles and was able to contribute. He, he sent me a great sketch of, of Figment that he signed um, when I contacted him. I've got a lot of nice pieces from him. So yeah, he, he's, he's a great guy, um, you know, right up there with, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, with the Joe Rody, where they're making contributions today. Well, I'm totally retired, but I mean, recently, you know, with the Star Tours, with Disneyland Paris and Tokyo Disney. So. All right. It jumps up to number two, and number two is Marty Sklar. He was instru instrumental in shaping Disneyland and Disney's global theme park expansion, Co contributing to the Disneyland, the happiest place on earth concept. And Lisa, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think about Marty Sklar being number two? I don't know what I think about it being number two. Um, but I think that, you know, I have his uh, biography right over there. Like it, his contributions are, are many. Um, and he's worked with all of the greats. I would say, um, hmm, this gets a little bit muddy with some of these because there are some other there's some others that I thought might have been on the top 10 um, that he actually worked pretty closely with. I was saying there's one one that I find is is missing unless he's going to be number one, but. Right. We'll see. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, no, it's, you're, you're good. But I would, you know, again, he did a lot of those early, you know, early Disneyland days, Enchanted Tiki Room, Small World, a lot of those um, first time um first time guest experiences to Disneyland. So uh, he, I, I don't really, again, I don't have anything, anything bad to say, you know, another Disney legend, just uh, amazing fingerprints all over that park. 
All right, Lindsay, what do you think about Marty being number two? Well, Marty Schuyler was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. So for all my New Jersey people, um, he is a decent guy. Um, I wouldn't put him at spot number two. I'd put him down lower. Um, You know, he did a lot of stuff imagineering with the 1964 New York World's Fair, amongst other attractions. Um, He did a lot and he did a lot for overseas and everything, which is great because not a lot of them, like we brought up today, did work over in Tokyo uh, Tokyo Disneyland. So he, um, you know, he's in the middle of my list. All right, Michael, what do you think? See, for me, he's one of my favorites. I met him, great guy, drove to Red Bank, New Jersey when he appeared at the library there, uh, had my book signed. Uh, awesome guy. I read his autobiography. It's one of the, I think it's the only Imagineer that worked on every single castle park. So yep. he made contributions to every park in, in, on the planet that has a castle in it, which I think is awesome. All right. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, so as we're going through the list, I was expecting Marty to be top two. So I'm not surprised to see him at number two. Um, If I'm thinking who number one is going to be is who number one is going to be. I like that he, you know, other than Roy, right? Roy was definitely Walt's right-hand man. He was the guy that got stuff done for his brother from the beginning. I feel like Marty, when it comes to the Imagineering, he was probably like Walt's, maybe the closest to the, the, the way Walt thought or what Walt wanted. And I feel like he was one of the driving forces that even after Walt passed away, he would still kind of push back to what he thought was the Walt way. Uh, like Mike said, he his fingers are on literally everything. He's the only person to be at like every grand opening of all the parks around the world. So if you are a Disney Parks fan, uh, you really can't say you don't like what Marty did because he was involved in, in everything. Um, the interesting thing about Marty, though, is a lot of the other people that we're talking about, you can point to like a very specific or specific things in the parks that they all worked on, right? You could say this person did Haunted Mansion. This person did this. Marty was more of that overseer, right? He was the officer. He was the guy that was trying to make sure all of those other people who we spoke about uh, were doing what they needed to do, had the support that they needed, and probably was the guy that was maybe that go-between between Walt and some of these other Imagineers uh, when they were working. So it's tough for me to rank him. Um, again, he's, if I think who number one is going to be, is going to be the same reason, because I don't feel like he was as hands-on with specific things that we associate Imagineering with. But the fact that he was basically the guy, like the puppet master that Walt was maybe puppeteering and then no one above Walt was puppeteering Marty that get, you know, he deserves to be up there. He definitely deserves to be up there. It's just a different type of reason than some of the other people we've been talking about. If you read uh, Marty's book, he talks about how, and as you said, he was the guy that other Imagineers would look to and he would leave folks 
these little note cards in red ink, and he would call them his red ink cards. And he would leave them for the Imagineers and the folks with the boots on the ground, and they would just pin them up to their corkboard. And this is what would inspire them. And I wrote to him, he sent me one of his red note cards. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's one of those pieces that I'm you know, very happy to have in the collection. He sent it before I had a chance to read the book. And then when I read the book, I'm like, wait a second. He's talking about these red note cards. I have that somewhere. <laughs> so that was fantastic. Really cool. and it's, he was really great. Like you said, he was the what would Walt do guy. You know, Walt's right. gone. What are we going to do? He led them through Epcot. He led them through all these things when they were prepared to, look, we can't build a city. No, but we can do this. Yeah. You know, and he's over here working on Future World. Other people are working on World Showcase, pushing that whole map together that we keep reading about. You know, he's one of those guys. All right. Tony Baxter, if you're listening, we're trying to get you on our show, so um, contact us. But <laughs> that brings us to number one, and I know many of you are thinking about who number one is, and I can tell you it is not Herb Ryman, and it is not Claude oh, yeah. Coates, it is not Kim Irvine, Harper Goff, and I'm sorry to say, it's not even Bob Gurr. It is Walt Disney, and he's the visionary behind Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Um, he laid the foundation for Imagineering and themed entertainment. So in all seriousness, I will start with Lindsay. Lindsay, what do you think about Walt Disney being number one on this list? He has to be number one. He's the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, there's no, without him, we wouldn't have Disney. Um, you know, just walking into the parks, whether it be, you know, obviously Disneyland, you know, just when I walk down Main Street, it just, you know, I get a tear in my eye because it's like everything that I have ever read about Walt Disney, it's just, he's incredible between his animation He's a film producer, voice actor, entrepreneur, and the man knew what he wanted to do and he stuck to his guns and he did it. And he's just phenomenal. I mean, you know, he's, he, he's amazing. He's number one. Jeff, what do you think about Walt being number one? Yeah, no, makes complete sense. Like this is his baby, you know, and he, he is an entrepreneur. Like this is, this is who he is, right? So, you know, he he was one of those creative types where, look, he he Walt actually um, hired a lot of the Imagineers to be, to do what he can't do. Walt was never a uh, you know a, a mathematician. He was never an accountant. He he never really had that left brain power. What he did have was you know creativity, an artist's mind. And he surrounded himself around, you know, he surrounded himself with uh, these these people that were not only that could not only like capture his imagination, but then could like boots to ground could carry it forward. Who could design these things? And but you would never have, you know, without Walt, none of these stories would be these stories. That's just the truth. And I think, I think Walt is, yeah, he deserves that number one spot. And, and that's not me just being silly because, oh yeah, everyone deserves a spot. Like, look, it, it, it takes, all these stories are phenomenal, 
But with Walt, you know, he he had that sort of visionary um, uh, talent to see these things before anybody else around him saw those things and to tap into when somebody else had such a visionary, you know, sort of, okay, here's my creative side. Uh, he would tap into those things and he would allow them to kind of express themselves in these artistic ways. In my humble opinion, Walt is number one. Absolutely. All right. Um, Lisa. All right. So for sure, my number one would be Walter Elias Disney. Um, because, you know, we always hear it all started with the mouse. It started with this little boy that was born in Chicago or, you know, born in Illinois area, I should say. Um, and, you know, had had great vision, had great leadership, um, you know, and he developed it over the years. And of anybody, you know, I've read different different versions of biographies um, about him, even ones that my kids read in school and um he's like the uh, person that I think got told no <laughs> more than anybody else I know you know for him to have the gumption to just keep pushing and pushing and for him to you know it was all about the details he knew exactly how he wanted to look things weren't always as easy working with him, it sounds as, um, you know, we might think like to think he was just, you know, a, a grand person to work with. He was very hard to work with. You know, he's got that, um, <laughs> that decisiveness that, that really, um, helps people move forward with a vision. And so, you know, by far, I would say number one, um, grand, grand scheme of things he, it all started with him he had a he had a huge team to to move everything forward but it all started with him all right matt what do you what do you think all right so i don't know i gotta play i guess devil's advocate a little bit just to switch things up because i feel like with any list when we are going to be ranking like the importance of Disney. Walt could be number one on all of them, right? We can say he's the guy that started it. He's the guy that, you know, it, it's his idea. And yeah, it definitely is. But when I think of Imagineering, right? When you think of the history of Imagineering, was Walt an Imagineer or did he hire Imagineers? Yes. Imagineering, right? Imagineering, mm -hmm originally was a, like a separate business that he yeah. owned yeah where he hired people to do stuff for him right yep. he said here's an idea i want you to do this yeah. figure it out for me and then as and then he was like oh well i can use you to do like sets for my movies so it just kind of makes sense later on to merge them and it, that's why it changes names numerous times it's not called walt disney imagineering until right. you know well past right. Walt passing away but when you look at you know, Imagineers today, there's two parts to what Imagineers do. They imagine and they make that, they physically make that thing that they thought up a reality. Yeah. And did did Walt do both of those things? No. Or did he have 
the no. thought and then he said hey now you go figure this out yes so i have a, so, i have a so matt i have a definite I, opinion about this and i'm i will if, if you go ahead and yeah, finish yeah, your yeah. thought and no no matt finish your thought and then yeah and then i'll so i feel like it over I feel like saying Walt is number one because I could I would say well, the best animators, Walt right. Walt hired mm-hmm. all the animators. Walt is the one that started it all. Walt like the best voice actors right. Walt was Mickey Mouse to begin with, so he's got to be the best. He was the first right. <laughs> so I, I can't take anything away from Walt. Love Walt right. We were taking pictures in Magic Kingdom okay. and there was a guy yeah. that happened to be yeah cosplaying as Walt. And we're like, you have to jump into our pictures if you can, please. And he did because it's Walt. But right. when I'm thinking of Imagineers, That's I don't true. know if he is like truly an Imagineer. So that right? would be, yeah. And we, we would say, okay, what's the definition of, of an Imagineer? But I think it's somebody who imagines something and then actually makes that something. Yeah. Like physically creates what they thought up and Walt, sure i'm sure he got involved in tickers said hey change this do this mm-hmm. but like you mentioned earlier right yeah. Walt was not that technical guy no he wasn't gonna be the guy actually in there building an animatronic he might say that doesn't look right that you know see, can you make it do this instead right but imagineers to me are the ones who think of the idea or get the idea from walt or somebody True. else yeah and then actually make it a reality i and i, I don't yeah right no, I agree. No, I, so, I think you're right. Well, I, I feel I feel like Walt needs like I feel like we need to, to do the... oh. oh Lindsay, go ahead. Oh wait, no, <laughs> no somebody. She, it was it was noise in the background. Oh I okay. feel like Walt deserves like a a special acknowledgement at the end of the list to say without Walt, none of this yes. would have happened. So of course yes. he gets this acknowledgement, but you know, you're, I feel yeah. like the other guys. Well, I don't want to take the credit away from the other guys as you're right. and girls as Imagineers right. for what they contributed. And you're getting me excited because I am a Walt. So I don't have that ability in my own life, in my small business and what I do for a living. I don't actually have that ability to, I, I've i learned wholeheartedly that I have to surround myself with people that can take I'm very, I'm a very creative. I, I'm a, I, from a little kid, I'm just, I'm always in a sketchbook. That was me. Um, you know, so I, I can, I can relate with Walt in the sense that I have these sort of overarching, like, I'm very, very good at, at, you know, sort of vision casting. I'm very good at vision casting, but then when it comes to how to make that, those things happen, Oh goodness! In my own life, I have had to just surround myself with people that just because I have so many deficits when it comes to those things. I surround myself, and we see this all throughout business, right? So you have Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs is this visionary person, but Steve Wozniak was really Woz was the person that really partnered with with um, you know Steve Jobs to really figure out how to make something possible. The, these, these partnerships are just something in business and in stories you see over and over and over and over. Um, I think Matt, you are completely right in that, you know, I don't think Walt, Walt was, you know, that I don't think he cares. He's just, he just deserves a different, he's on a, he's a yes. different level. Yeah. He's just a different level. And I yeah. think that, 
you know, but that, that's why I asked Barry earlier when I made my guess, you know, what, what specifically did he write? Because I think right. if he just wrote Imagineering and maybe not Disney, it may, it may have changed it. Sure. But, sure. you know, there's like the fact that you said Bob Gurr's not on the list, like not in the top 10. You know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe Walt shouldn't have been on the list. And then we add another <laughs> name and then Bob Gurr's on the list. Yeah. What do you, hey, so, listen, Matt, you mind if we turn it over? What do you all think about that? Let's, let's, you know, as far as should Walt be, you know, on the number one list? Do you do you think? Uh, I don't know all the stuff we just we've just talked about. What do you? What well, do you think? took everything yeah. out of my mouth because that's exactly. I didn't want to be that guy, but no. Walt, not imagine here, Walt. Yeah, leader, business, all those things. Even when you watch these these specials on Disney Plus, or you read them, they never say Walt and his fellow Imagineers. It's Walt and his team of Imagineers. I don't right. even think the company line calls Walt an Imagineer. Right. Um, it's not what he did. He drew Mickey Mouse, what, one and a half times before all Biworks took over? He voiced Mickey once. Um, you know, any of those, even the, the sketch in One Man's Dream when they show the hand drawing Mickey, that's all Biworks doing. You know, yeah. Walt had his vision. He yeah. something, hand it over. Hey, here's a bird I found on vacation. Figure out how this works and make me two dozen of them. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. man. I'm not saying, but long nope. on a list with Harriet yeah. Burns, probably not, because you know he's going to outshine everyone. And I think it's probably you know more of a fan throwing the list together. But no, I don't really think he belongs on a list of Imagineers. I thought for sure Bob Gurr would have been number one. So, so, I, so I went ahead and um, I retyped it for Matt, and I put a list of. Imagineers and they gave Walt Disney number one, Up Iwerks number two, Mark Davis number three, Mary Blair number four, Tony Baxter number five, John Hench number six, Marty Sklar number seven, Joe Rohde number eight, Raleigh Crump number nine, and Bob Gurr number ten. There you go. So we swapped uh, out I mean, that, Burns for uh, of Iwerks then. And Bob Gurr made the list too. Right. Right. Now, Xavier, was, Xavier um, was Xavier off. dropped off. Yeah. But so, was Iwerks a, an Imagineer? I mean, he was around way before Imagineering was Imagineering. He might have had a hand of the multiplane camera. Well, I, I think, I think, I think a lot of times you get Imagineering uh, kind of mixed up with the word collaborator. If you're a collaborator on something, does that make you an Imagineer? I think it, may, it, it it's like you having a company and then you're acknowledging somebody who shouldn't be acknowledged because they maybe gave something, but you're giving them the highest honor of that. Oh, you're so, hurting my brain, Barry. I, it's 9.30, you know. But an uh, Imagineer is right. the person who dreams it. You know, if they develop it. There's there's multi facets to imagineering. Yeah. So, you know, do you say he wasn't the original imagineer because, you know, he didn't draw or didn't paint or because like I have friends that put together, you know, the big tinker toys at um, Toy Story Land. Let's say is is my friend who put together the SPF die to make sure that the red would stay red and the green would stay green, you know, because he's the engineer that put it together. Mm -hmm. 
he's not necessarily the imagineer that came up with it nor the person who did the concept art but someone had to dream it up so what's it, your friend's job title is it imagineer well, well i think yeah. like it goes back to our, our definition no, I have, of imagineer. I have two different, yeah so right. that person was a project manager that one but yes i do have imagineer friends and i have been inside That's current wonderful. studios um well i think so i think what mike is saying is the like that to that point is part of being an imagineer isn't just doing what imagineers do it's also being hired as an imagineer and walt didn't hire himself as an imagineer he didn't call himself an imagineer Right, he didn't say, I'm Walt Disney, the Imagineer that came up with Walt, right? He, like Mike said, he would always be like, I'm Walt and here's my team of Imagineers, right? He gave yeah. them the credit as being like, these are my doers, right? I I might come up with these crazy, and, and everybody talks about him, right? Even his relationship with his brother, he was the one that had the crazy ideas. And like Jeff said earlier, he knew he couldn't do them, but his Imagineers could do it. But so he had to find the right he had to well, find the right people right who could true but maybe maybe ideas. that made he him the imagine, best imagineer like at all of all because he could see he could zoom out and be like okay I could I could go design a ride or something and that's not my gift but maybe as the supreme organizer of Imagineers made him the best. Well, that's why I think he, he deserves to be on a different level. Yes. I don't think he's the Absolutely. same as the other Imagineers. And that's why putting him, right. you know, I just think he's a different thing. Yeah. Would you, would, you, would you say, okay, would you say you can put him under a visionary list instead of an Imaginary list? Oh, yeah. If we were looking at like the greatest visionaries of just the world, yeah, definitely. He would that would be a better way because if you're it. looking if you're looking at him it, um as a ceo right so for for planning and for um you know st stability and vision work that's one thing and when you're able to assign to other people what a ceo would do and say okay this is what i need done to make my company my company profitable where actually he's not out there like you wouldn't see um you know the head guy at nike you wouldn't see him out there actually doing he'd be telling you know i this is what i need done get it done for me lisa what do you think you're like i, I love how you you're like but you're like no walt's it and i i bought into it then matt swayed me and then i came back full circle and now i'm like well i don't know yeah, I'm. I'm. You spoke Imagineer, so. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, so I. But you know, we can all agree to disagree, or you know, think about it even Absolutely. more. You know, it's. Yeah. At some point, you're just spinning wheels. Ultimately, though. people. You know, know that it started with Walt mm -hmm. Disney. So, however, yeah. if you want to say he's the you know, the CEO, the lead Imagineer, the president, whatever you would like. Yeah. Um, irrefutably, he would be the one. So, uh, Matt and Michael, so <coughs> if you were going to take um, Walt Disney out of number one, Who who's your number one, though? Bob Gert. 
Well, number one, I mean, he goes on the list. Who's number one? I guess I'm between Gurr and maybe Sklar as far as contributions. Yeah, I'd be between those two. I would say I would I would probably put Sklar at number one, uh, and then Gar and Gurr and, and like two or three. Just going off of you know how I'm viewing what an Imagineer is. Right. All right. This is so controversial, Barry. I I don't know if I can yeah. handle it anymore. It's just well, I, I don't know. I'm getting uncomfortable. I feel like listen. I'll put. I would put Walt as one plus. Like he's still at the top of every list we will ever do. You know. I'm just we... looking at it as you know. Walt Walt was an animator. Like I said earlier, right? Walt was an animator. Was he the number one animator because he came up with the stuff? It's just Walt such... was. A voice actor was he the number one because he was the first guy like jeff do you think walt was the best voice of mickey mouse as a voice actor Ooh, with, with his one you you jerk <laughs> well that, that's what that's how i'm looking i know at. i know oh i do <laughs> right he did he did everything that's why i'm saying he's he deserves to be on every my, list we talk about you want my answer though yeah no not even close yeah. I remember, like, Blaine Gibson was like one of one of uh, on the the Imagineering story. Hearing him and not seeing him on a list made me made me really sad. And yeah. also, yeah. Uh, uh, Gracie as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not seeing that, but I understand the 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 revelation of okay, there's they only had two new people on there. Or, or or new new era people because you know we've interacted with so many in- imagineers that have done things f- for the parks itself now and unfortunately i have a feeling a lot of imagineers are not go- uh new ones are not going to get the recognitions that the former ones have because you have to live up so much to their reputation and so much of what they've actually done as imagineers um it's it, it, it's it's kind of sad in a way even when you're adding new things to new, the parks it's like okay but how would bob gird do it or how would you know um harper goff do it or somebody like that i also wonder if there's enough new stuff to be done out there where again all these guys that came up and, and women that came up through the ranks this is all brand new stuff and they were inventing as they went along now it's all been done. Now it's just a matter of how do we do it differently? And there are so many people working on these projects. And I don't know if one or two people can stand out without the company allowing them, hey, you know what? You can go be the spokesperson. We'll put you in front of other names. A lot of these guys, yeah, some of them appeared on Walt's TV show, but for the most part, they didn't have that voice. And we all know their names today because of these incredible contributions they made. Do we know who was behind Expedition Everest besides a Joe Rody? We don't. We don't know who designed the Yeti, and we may never. No, and when we had uh, Tom uh, Nevian, um, the original Tom Sawyer, he he told us, I mean, just to struggle just to, to get recognized and being able to um, make a mark in there. And luckily, he had somebody like Tony Baxter that uh, came alongside with him and, and, and helped him out. So... Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, for those listening, you know, again, this is a chat GPT um, list. So it's very uh, 
very irregular in some of the areas and some of the names maybe should be moved up and down, but um, we just want to just thank you guys for listening to our podcast tonight. Um, we want you to go ahead and uh, follow us on social media, wherever um, you are, either on Facebook or on Instagram or on TikTok. And also look us up on um, all those podcast sites where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we are at uh, Sharing the Magic Pod. And until next time, have a great week.